Welcome to the Tradfest podcast, brought to you by the Temple Bar Company. Hello and welcome to another edition where we are talking to husband and wife teams, we're talking to sibling teams, we're talking to family teams, all who work, write and perform together. Today, we're heading to Vancouver in Canada to meet Tom Landa and Calissa Hernandez Landa, both members of the band The Paper Boys, but that's not the only band they have. We'll find out more after we hear The Paper Boys. Trade. Oh, 
Uh, some wonderful rhythms going on in that song, America, there from the Paper Boys. And I'm delighted to say that Tom Landa and Calissa Hernandez Landa are on the line somewhere in Vancouver as we speak. Tom, Calissa, are you both there? We are here. Hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> it sounds as if you're just next door, actually. <laughs> Wouldn't that oh, be nice? Yeah, well, of course, it's been 2016, roughly, since you were next door, since you were in Dublin with the Paper Boys. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. That was a fantastic tour. We've got really fond memories of that one. Looking forward to getting back. Hopefully, Hopefully you know, not, not too far in the distant future. Uh, actually, when you are touring, do you, like, is it the full band? Is it a part band? How do you manage that? And how do you fill the sounds out, let's say? You know, when, when we tour here close to home in what would be the Pacific Northwest, we, we tour with the full band, which includes a horn section. So we have, you know, your, your standard bass, drums, guitar, then flute, uh, fiddle, sometimes banjo, and then a trombone and saxophone. And we also tour with uh, our own sound engineer. So it's a pretty big crew, which is, mm -hmm. which is lovely because we're able to represent the records like Calithum, for example, which was a record that had a lot of brass on it. So we're able to represent the songs from, from those albums uh, it, in a way that's that's true to the album. When we tour overseas though, quite often we, we go down as a five piece. So we, we leave the horn section and the sound engineer at home. So it's bass, drums, guitar, flute, and fiddle. Uh, although we have a couple of times brought over our trombone player and he, he's actually quite an ingenious guy. He's, he's, he has a pedal that can sort of harmonize, but it's not like just a, a you know, a simple heart. Like he writes the harmonies into the program of the pedal. So they sound like really legit, uh, like the horn lines on the record. It's, it's not just a third or a fifth on top. It's, he becomes it's, the whole section. He becomes a whole section. So yeah. uh, we've, we've done a couple tours with Nick over there like that. He'd want to be careful then because all you need to get is his laptop when you're going the next time. <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> so let's uh, we'll talk about the paper boys we'll talk about yourselves tom landa your own background and your musical background where are you from originally you're not vancouver no so i was born and raised in mexico uh my mom is canadian and my mom's side of the family is all from ireland and my dad's mexican and his side of the family would have been mexico and, and then further back into spain and so I, I was born and raised in Mexico City, moved to Canada, to a small town in Canada when I was uh, in my teens, when I was 15. Lived in that small town in Ontario uh, between 15 and 19, and then moved to Vancouver with the idea of starting a band. And by 1992, 93, the band was up and running. And musically, you know, I grew up really listening to, to pop and rock music, especially like the 70s and 80s kind of metal was really into that, it, but it really wasn't until my late teens, early twenties, that I that I really got into the whole folk thing, and then through the folk thing, I discovered Irish music and you know Celtic music, and same thing with with Latin music. So I I kind of came back to my roots in a way through folk music, finding getting in touch with my Irish roots and then with my Mexican roots. What was it that brought you back into those genres, your native music, let's say? For sure. Well, for, for the Irish stuff, for the Celtic stuff, is through a band called Spirit of the West, who are from Vancouver. And uh, it's a band that was uh, founded by Jeffrey Kelly, who has been a member now of the Paper Boys and the Irish Rovers as well. But he's been a, in the Paper Boys for about, God, almost going on 20 years now. And I first I listened to Spirit of the West when I was living in Ontario and absolutely fell in love. He, he, Jeffrey plays flute. And one of the things Spirit of the West was doing were, were writing great songs and then mixing jigs and reels in their songs. And that, that was really my first exposure to Irish music and to Celtic music. 
And through there, I got into other bands like, you know, Planksy and the Bothy Band and the Waterboys and the Pogues and all these different bands. And but that that's what really started the love for 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 Celtic music and for Latin music and, and Mexican music in particular. It was really through a band called uh, Los Lobos and a record called La Pistola y el Corazón, which they released in the 80s. And I got into this record in the late 90s and uh, mid to late 90s. And same thing, you know, even though I didn't grow up with Mexican traditional music in my home in Mexico, but it was all around me just by, by virtue of the fact that I was living in Mexico, but I never really got into it. So through this album where Los Lobos were doing an homage to Mexican music, that's how I got into Mexican traditional music. That's very interesting. And then, and Calissa, I'm not leaving you out of this conversation because I really want to speak to you about your own background and your tradition, but I'm going to just one more question to Tom, actually, and it is then uh, about uh, connecting those two traditions, the Mexican and the Irish, and the rhythms, I suppose. Uh, like, were you, did they naturally fall together for you? They absolutely did. You know, there is something just about ethnic music in, in, in general all over the world, you know, uh, at, at its very, very core, like, you know, taught before the advent of stringed instruments, you would have had some kind of drum and you would have had maybe some kind of whistle, something to mimic probably a bird and chanting. You know, that's a universal thing in all sorts of music from African to uh, pre-Hispanic music in the Americas to, you know, musical over in, in, in Mongolia and China. That's um, a common thing there. Um, however, you know, the rhythm of of Irish music and, and Mexican music it, it, Mexican music is very similar. For example, a lot of music in Mexico is in either in, in six eight, and obviously that's that's mm-hmm. jig timing. So it, it felt very very familiar to me. And there is two kind of styles in Mexican traditional music. One is a, a guapango, and and the other one is a son jarocho or son huasteco. And the rhythm that you play in that is very similar to the way you would accompany a jig. It's it's maybe uh, a little more syncopated versus fluid, uh, the Irish accompaniment being more fluid and the uh, Mexican accompaniment being a little more uh, syncopated. But really the, the rhythm is the same. They really just, in my opinion, fell together really quite nicely. They, it's, they really marry well together. Well, from memory, they certainly did when you played a song called, I think it's a Primavera. That's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, suddenly, like like this, uh, Mexican rhythms are kind of tipping along nicely and it's lovely and lively and happy and party and bang, in goes Saddle the Pony. And, Saddle the pony. Yeah, and, right. and off she goes again, like. Yeah. <laughs> Takes you a bit by surprise, doesn't it? Do you know what? It, what it feels is that it's naturally in its right place. It, it kind of does. You know, I, I, of course, it's been fusion with Celtic stuff, you know, a lot of people have done it and I've done it quite successfully. There's also fusion when it, when it sounds like fusion, if you know what I mean, yes. like they sound, oh yeah, they're trying to meld these two things together and it, it's, it's not a natural fit. I, and I've heard all sorts of things from African music being mixed with Celtic music to, uh, you know, Punjabi kind of beats uh, over Celtic stuff. And sometimes it feels like what we're talking about. It, it feels overimposed on it, like superimposed over it, you know, versus just marrying naturally. And I do feel like the, I mean, obviously I'm biased, but I do feel like the Mexican rhythms just marry naturally into into the Celtic thing. 
No, no, that's that's exactly the way I felt myself now when I was listening to that song, Primavera. I just couldn't get over how naturally we were suddenly in the middle of this jig and kind of where had this... I I, I didn't really spot the transition, if you know what I mean. Uh, it just felt that natural to me, I have to say, I listened to it. So uh, that's well, just... Thank you. I mean, uh, no, no, Kieran, absolutely beautiful. <laughs> One thing I might add to that, Kieran, is that I think Tom really comes by this naturally in, in addition to, you know, being being blessed with the knowledge of having these these two you know idioms then putting them together for him is just seamless it's not something that just anyone can do and say okay well you know i know jigs and reels and yeah. i've spent some time in mexico and i'm going to try and put them together it really does come from his core and it's a really interesting thing to watch him work and develop these songs and go okay i think i want to put a little jig or something here in the middle of this tune and i think that it just comes from a long uh, a, a sense of who he is and where he comes from, that it really happens very naturally. Okay. Enough about Tom now, Calissa. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> i got to talk I about Calissa Hernandez, Landa. Your background is, is, I suppose, it mirrors uh, maybe Tom in certain ways in that you're steeped in the music yourself. Um. Yeah, yeah. So... Actually, my background is, my dad is from Chile. Um, he was born and raised in Santiago and came up, you know, in the late 70s and when there was troubles down there. Um, and my mom's family is from the UK, uh, but I've got some Scottish and Irish and English in me and, uh, and then some Indigenous Canadian as well. My parents are both musicians, uh, not professionally, but um, there's a deep love of music there. And so uh, when I was teeny tiny, they put me in in violin lessons. And I think I was a bit of a whirlwind, like a little tornado kind of kid, just ripping everything apart. And so they had to keep me very busy. So in the summertime, when there wasn't lessons, they'd put me into fiddle camps. And and so that's how I started playing, playing more traditional and old time fiddle music. Tell us a little about those fiddle camps. We wouldn't be maybe familiar with that particular tradition over here. We we meet, let's say, at flas and festivals yeah. and maybe do a little bit of schooling, maybe the Willie Clancy Summer School or something. But the fiddle yeah. camp is a revered uh, method of, of learning and teaching and passing on the tradition in Canada. Yeah, yeah, it's a really interesting concept. Um, and, you know, to the best of my knowledge, it only happens with fiddle music. Fiddle music and... and well, and now they've started to incorporate kind of step dancing um, in Ontario and out in the Maritimes. But uh, in BC alone, I can count, you know, five or six camps that are happening uh, throughout the summer months. And uh, the, my favorite among them is is one that's called the BC Fiddle Treat. And it happens up uh, on Crown Land up at a place called Gavin Lake. And uh, you meet for a week and there's cabins and a mess hall and this and that. When you think of a summer camp, this is as idyllic as it gets. Um, but they'll bring in fiddle instructors from across Canada playing a variety of styles. And you'll register for this camp and it's a week long. So your day starts at 9 a.m. And you'll have, you know, four or five classes and you'll rotate instructors and you get to learn from everyone. And then in between classes there's little jam sessions and you can't go anywhere on the grounds without hearing somebody playing playing a tune yeah. and at night there's uh jam sessions and um dances and somebody will start calling square dances and there's you know all sorts all sorts of fun things happening there but it's just a week of 
being immersed in the fiddle culture and learning learning tunes um so it's really yeah it's a pretty it's a pretty amazing thing to 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 witness they're so supportive and everyone is everyone is just there to learn and to learn from each other and to trade tunes and everyone's walking around back you know when i was there you'd walk around with your your cassette player and you'd be hitting record over and over and over again whenever you heard a cool tune that you didn't know and you get the opportunity to uh, to just learn and hang out and, and have a good laugh with some friends. And so there's I come from this generation of players who um, started, you know, in Victoria, B.C. under under Dan Lapp's, uh, Daniel Lapp's tutelage. He started this thing called the B.C. Fiddle Orchestra. That was a really important uh, project at the time, getting a bunch of young players together, teaching them traditional tunes and then creating performance opportunities for them, traveling with them, taking them to festivals and putting them on stages and really creating this awareness of this culture that we have in Canada that wasn't really talked about. It wasn't really acknowledged much. It was out east, it was in Ontario, but from the prairies out to Vancouver Island, there was Métis fiddling in the prairies and then nothing kind of when you got out here. So since then, BC has really started to to develop its own identity and its own style of BC players. And that's really coming along nicely. We've got so many people writing tunes now and um, developing the, the culture and the style out here as well. So we're, we're finally catching up to the rest of Canada. And I think we have something a little different to offer out West here, but... It sounds really, really yeah. exciting and fantastic for the tradition yeah. itself. So it's it's a, yeah. that that it is actually you know that it's sort of multiplying that the the numbers are getting so involved. Yeah, and it's developing in a way that's different to the way that it's developing in uh, in Ireland or in Quebec or in Nova Scotia or even in Alberta. You know, BC's really got something different going on, and that's that is very exciting. That's really good to hear. Now, the Paper Boys. Tom, you founded uh, the Paper Boys. Uh, have you always been involved, both Tom and Calissa, with the Paper Boys, or were, did you start that out in yourself, Tom? Yeah, so I, you know, I've been uh, the founding member member and been in the band ever since. And Calissa joined in around two thousand and nine, May of two thousand nine. You handed me a stack of albums and said, "All right, I'll see you in two weeks. Have a good time learning these." There was about <laughs> six albums there. I went, oh my god, what am I going to do? But it was it was great. It was a lot of fun, and I think. We both realized it was going to work out pretty quickly. And, uh, long story short, here we are today. Boy, did it ever. Boy, did it ever. <laughs> That's right. How did you meet, actually? It was through a, through a, a, a producer, the, the fellow that uh, produced the, the Califup record and also produced mm -hmm. the Locarno CD for us. His name is Joby Baker, and he's based out of Victoria. So I was recording in Victoria. And we'd been playing with a, a fiddle player by the name of Kendall Carson. You guys might have come across her. Who was also in the BC Fiddle Orchestra. That's right. She's also ago. from Victoria. Yeah, a big um, pal of mine. She, uh, she'd, she'd been in the band for about six years and, and was getting busy doing other projects and was having to sub out a lot. So it, it was just it was time for her to, to move on. And so we were in the, on the hunt for someone. And I asked Joby if he'd worked with anyone or knew of anyone. And he said, yeah, actually, I just finished doing a record for this uh, young fiddler named Calissa, you know, you guys should get in touch. So he, he introduced us and 
like I said, I, I uh, met Calissa and I gave her a stack of, of CDs and I said, well, we got a gig in two weeks and we had no audition or, or rehearsal. And so we were just going to, the gig itself was going to be the audition and, and yeah, we've never looked back since. Yes, I passed. I guess you passed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, sounds like a, a daunting task, actually, Calissa, just to be given that music and say, here, I'll meet you on stage and there's the audience out there and we're the That's band great. here and everybody yeah. is listening to you. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Baptism by fire. Yeah. yeah, never in my life have I practiced so much. <laughs> no, from from uh, from reading about the band actually, and uh, the impression I get is that for you to be in front of a live audience, that is where it is. That's for you. That's that's where you love to be. Oh, it most certainly is. You know, there's something about recorded music, and it's great. But that is how you play that song at that point in time. That's why it's called a record because you were recording something that happened in that specific time. It's like a snapshot. And place, a snapshot. Live, you know, those songs can change night to night depending on the room, depending Absolutely. on the audience, depending on the energy, depending on how I feel, depending on how Calissa feels. You know, it. It's a, it's a number of things that can change that. So live is really where we feel most comfortable mm -hmm. and feeding like the, the feedback from the audience and that energy that goes back and forth. And, you know, for this last year and a bit, we've, we've had this kind of virtual artificial intelligence kind of life, you know, we're playing online and, and we're checking out live streams and online concerts and, but we haven't really been in front of real people playing. So, it, 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 it's been good. We've, we've managed to pivot and, and make it work. But when we finally get back to playing in front of a large audience where, where people are, are getting off on the music and there's that energy back and forth, mm -hmm. nothing will feel like that in the meantime, you know. And how, Calissa, has the last year been for you then? How have you managed? What have you done to keep your enthusiasm? <laughs> you know, Tom's been doing more more of his uh, agency work and Tom's own, he's a very talented agent for uh, a number of different artists here locally uh, and he'll organize tours and things like that but he's been organizing more online events for for folks and for festivals and this and that and I've been branching out I'm learning how to rehair violin bows <laughs> um, you know so doing that we've also got a, a toddler and a 12 year old so they keep us very busy and uh, I'm busy learning all sorts of uh, tunes, theme songs from cartoons that my kids like, you know, so that's good. <laughs> um, but no, you know, I think we're just really grateful to to have a bit of a break. Um, and I'm really trying to focus on the silver lining of being at home for the past year uh, and just enjoying the time as a family, you know, because never in my life have I been able to have the opportunity or the luxury of taking a year off to pursue other interests or to pursue, you know, um, family time or to actually garden because we're always away during the summertime. So all my plants die. It's just, it's been, it's just been a, a kind of a welcome break, but we really are looking forward to getting back on the road. Well, you, you, you were speaking, yeah, you were speaking so well of being off the road and enjoying the break. I'm just wondering, actually, if you're if you are looking forward to getting back on the road, or will you be seeing this as a chore that we have to get over and get on? I mean, with? I'll, be, I'll be I'll be sad to uh, not wear my slippers while I'm performing anymore. But uh, aside from that, no, I'm looking forward to getting back to to being on a stage and in front of a uh, front of a crowd and feeling that energy and having a, you know folks sing along to California with us and 
you know, um, exploring different cities and seeing different places and, and meeting folks and, you know, all, As, all of the, all of that. The first few months really were lovely and it was, it was a little break, but I think now we're, we're keen to get back out there. The a bit break. of cabin fever. We are, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, we, we wish you well when you do get back on the road. Hopefully we'll see you in Ireland. But before we, we're going to hear another song shortly. I just want to ask you about a band called, is it Locarno? Locarno, yeah. We did, a, you know, with the Paperboys, we've mixed in many different genres within the Celtic thing. We've, yeah. we've done some, you know, hinted with the African stuff, with the Mexican stuff. Uh, and we've, we've been an adventurous band, you know, we're not doing just one thing. But I really wanted to, because of my heritage and because of, of the music that I love and listen to a lot, I wanted to do a project that really uh, went fully into the Latin thing and into the Mexican musical idioms, uh, as opposed to with uh, the Paperboys, which were fusing it with, with Celtic and folk and other things. So I basically, I started Locarno for, for that very reason. And back in 2005, I had received a, a Canada Council grant to go study music in Mexico, which I did. And when I got back, I started writing music in the vein of traditional Mexican music and also learning traditional Mexican music. And by 2008, I just wanted to start this project. So around 2008, 2009, I made this record. We've even been down to uh, Mexico with Locarno. So it, it's nowhere as busy as the paper boys, but, you know, busy enough. And uh, so it's been really nice to to have the two things. Because also, you know, keep on, I've been doing the paper boys now for 27 years. And I never, not that I needed a break from it, but I, I must say that, you know, when we, after doing a month of Locarno gigs, when I get back to paper boys gigs, I, I come back with a renewed sense of, of, you know, wanting to do it again. I'm, I'm refreshing. refreshing, yeah. Okay, well then, why don't we listen to a song from Locarno? Maybe one of you, or both of you, would like to introduce it? Yeah, sure. This is a tune called... Uh, uh, Sunshine on Water. Yeah, and you one know... Of, we, one of the rare tunes we sing in English. That's right. This is the <laughs> only song in the Locarno catalog that we sing in English. Yeah. Everything else is sung in Spanish. However, the rhythms, and in, in, in Kieran, we talked earlier about how those rhythms uh, from Irish traditional music and Mexican music uh, and African music, how they, they, they really marry well together. And we could have just as easily, well, there's a lot of fiddle in this, but yeah. we could have just as easily put a jig on this, but yeah. because it was Locarno, we didn't, but this uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, shows you well that uh, six, eight, slash three, four timing that works really well with, with Irish music well, as well. With some of the West African uh, rhythms as well. There's a lot of marimba That's right. in that as well. Um, yeah, so have a listen for that. <laughs> okay, well, we'll listen to it and maybe we'll do a little sneaky dance of a jig around the kitchen here while we're listening <laughs> to Sunshine on Water from Locarno. This beauty is 
Baila. Hey. 
Sunshine on Water there from Locarno. One of the projects that's worked on by Tom Landa and Calissa Hernandez Landa, our guests here on the podcast. Tom, I mentioned one of the projects. I'm curious about, um, uh, Calissa mentioned there that you're, you do a bit of agency work as well. Not just that, actually, because I did notice from just reading up about you that you, you were named Agent of the Year back in 2017 by the BC Touring Council. So firstly, the agency, how did you get into that? And what kind of work is entailed there? Certainly not playing. Yeah, no, you know what? Um, I, I guess in a way I've always been an agent because when, when you're representing yourself, you know, you don't think of yourself as an agent, but that's exactly what you're doing. You're, you're pitching your band to different, uh, you know, clubs and theaters and festivals. So you know, I just realized that I had all this experience from booking my own band and, you know, I had started booking uh, the Paperboys and Locarno, and then I added a couple more bands, which then grew to 10 different artists that I'm now repping. And so now it's it's kind of like a day job. And I, I try to give myself certain hours in a day where I'm working on, on the agency. And I already have all the contacts from 27 years of playing with the Paperboys. You know, these are people whose stages I've played on and, and shook their hands and met. So... Um, I have personal connections with all these presenters and now I'm, I'm just pitching other other artists to them. So the agency has become this this thing that I do kind of on the side uh, to diversify and to help, uh, you know, <laughs> pay with, for things. Vancouver is a very expensive city. <laughs> and I've also done, you know, I've also been the artistic director for um, a couple of different festivals, a Celtic festival here in Vancouver, as well as a world music festival here in Vancouver. So the, the, the left side of the brain works as well as the right side of the brain, unfortunately, and fortunately. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. Uh, you have to you have to keep on the move anyway when you're in the, the music business, for sure. Yeah, I think there's this misconception or this stereotype that, you know, musicians only engage the, the creative side of the brain, the right side of the brain, and that we don't have the left. But that's not necessarily true. You know, if you look at some of the most popular festivals all around the world, they're, they were started and run by musicians, you know, so... And uh, there's projects that are started by musicians that end up becoming, you know, really successful festivals or, or, or some kind of project that engages the other side of the brain. Kalissa, it's 25 years now, let's say, since the Paper Boys started. And have, have you, I presume everybody has plans, but have you special plans to mark the occasion? We actually have a very special album coming out, um, not on CD or as a uh electronic release or anything like that but we have a double vinyl coming out um for when we get back onto the road and we can actually sell it and put it in your hot little hands there but that's going to be commemorating 25 years of the paper boys and uh as well as including some new songs several new tracks as well that tom's been busy writing and perfecting here in our home studio so we're and excited. do you do some of the writing, Calissa? Yeah, I know a lot of the arrangements and, you know, um, writing fiddle tunes and coming up with little uh, bits and pieces to go between the verses and chorus and things like that. So, yeah, coming up with a lot of that part. But he is most definitely the lyricist in the family. Well, it sounds like a fantastic combination anyway and working really well in all that you do musically uh, the paper boys we would hope that you will make it to ireland keeping our fingers crossed keeping our fingers sure. crossed yeah i really yeah. I, I would like to get back and and play there again it's definitely on the horizon we just don't know when 
And just a technical question on all of that actually is how you might have survived the last 12 months. Here in Ireland, the government uh, arranged grants and payments for musicians and artists uh, and performers of all sorts uh, in order to get them through the period until we can get back out on the road. It doesn't compensate fully for what people have missed out on, but it's kind of kept people, kept people's hope alive anyway. Uh, have you had anything similar in Canada? There's a uh, Canada-wide emergency response benefit that uh, it was basically like a subsidized uh, wage for everyone for the first, um, what was it, eight or nine months of the pandemic. And then that switched to something else and it switched to something else. But there continues to be a lot of funding as well as, um, and that's like on a, you know, every two weeks, they'll just deposit some money into your bank account, make sure you have enough for your basic necessities and a roof over your head. It isn't enough to compensate for, you know, mm-hmm. what, what we were making um, prior to the pandemic or, or, you know, being able to uh, make more money, have that availability to us to, to book more gigs and to, to earn a little more. But, um, you know, I got to say, I'm, I'm very grateful to be living where we are uh, just because of the level of support and the fact that if we do get sick, we don't have to pay for anything, you know, and all of those, all of those benefits that we, I think as Canadians sometimes take for granted, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, looking at our, our Southern neighbors, I am uh, (laughs) certainly grateful to have a Canadian citizenship throughout this pandemic. Well, listen, it's been a pleasure to talk to both of you, Tom Landa and Calissa Hernandez Landa, to give you your full title. We're going to finish with a piece of music from the Pepper Boys. What have you What have you picked there? So this is a tune called Someplace Somewhere, and it's, it's a brand new tune. We just released it. And really, it's a song about rebirth and renewal, so it's, it's very fitting for this mm-hmm. time of year. You know, it was written slightly before the pandemic, but it uh, it took on a whole new meaning during the pandemic. And it's really ultimately about hope and, and finding the light. Well, hopefully we will catch up with you someplace, somewhere. Tom and Calissa, thank you so much. Oh, Kieran, our, our pleasure was all ours. Thank you. Lovely chatting with you, Kieran. I gotta confess now I can't find the spark And none of this moves me Been stumbling in the dark So let the light and kick in the door and breathe in the new air and dig deep beneath, start it again, someplace, somewhere. I pick up the pieces of tired old hope. You can't show your weakness when you're up against the ropes. So let the light and kick in the door and breathe in the new air and dig deep beneath. Start it again, someplace, somewhere.
forest of souls Trying to feel the connection To this land that we stole Some land in the light And kick in the door And breathe in the new air And dig deep beneath Start it again Someplace, somewhere Some land For listening to the Tradfest podcast. For more information on Tradfest, go to tradfest.ie. Tradfest is brought to you by the Temple Bar Company.